Hare Krishna. Welcome once again. Om Gyana Timananda Syaginandana Salakya Shakshudaminitamyana Tasmai Shikurave Namaha. So today, on this disappearance day of... Is it true? It's disappearance? Yeah. Appearance, yeah, I was thinking, because it's 31st of uh, December, 1st January. So on the appearance day of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Thakur, and the disappearance day of Srila Gaurakasuridas, of Srila Swami. Yeah. Um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur is uh, one of the principal acharyas for the modern age. Um, after Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the uh, Sila Rupa and Sanatan Goswamis and the other members of the six Goswamis and their associates like Okanath Goswami, Bukharba Goswami, they all took that Babaji Vesh, right? They all took this um, Sanatan Goswami it is said he begged an old doti from his uh, brother-in-law and uh, subsequently he tied it, he, he tore it in uh, four pieces. And then one piece he was wearing like a little lungi, another like a chowder, and like that he had two, uh, two sets. And that was it. So it was very basic, you know, very basic. Um, that chakta tunam se samandali patishenim sada tuchavat. They lived a very renounced life, although they had uh, previously been very opulent, you know, lived in, uh, in, in royal palaces and in, uh, in Ramakali. I mean, the, the amount of wealth that uh, they had accrued there was enormous. But um, they were very careful. Um, very careful not to get entangled in the uh, in the material energy. Um, we see that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself also displayed a very uh, 
rigid uh, level of renunciation, like Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would sleep on the floor, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would uh, not accept any comfort at all. So they set a very high standard of renunciation. But that was not the, the main thing. The main thing was that the six Goswamis were on a mission. Nana, Shastravichara, Naikanipano, Saddharma, Samstapako. They were on the mission to establish the true religious principles, which were lost at the time. And so many bogus ideas were floating around, and everybody and his auntie and everybody and his uncle and all the Babas had something to say. Uh, some idea, but it wasn't based on, on scripture or an authorized interpretation thereof. So the six Goswamis, they very expertly established proper Siddhanta. And subsequently, in the generations following the six Goswamis, that Babaji Vesh, that particular style, that became the model. So everyone was living like a Baba, everyone was living in, to some extent, renounced, uh, some obviously more than others, but the point was um, they all imitated Rupa and Sanat. Then we see that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, he comes right, and uh, he does revolutionary things. Uh, first of all, he gets into the printing press, the Brihat Murdanga, not just the Murdanga, but the Brihat Murdanga. It is Srila Bhakti Siddhanta uh, that made that point, and that is the foundation of book distribution. Right? It's Srila Bhakti Siddhanta's order to Srila Prabhupada. If you ever have money, print books. And uh, so these days, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta would, be, uh, would probably be a BBT man, would be someone like involved you know, with books and publishing and printing and, and the, together with Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And uh, these publications, they were very engaged. They were not just propaganda, but they would engage with the local intellectuals. Like there was one man who criticized Bhaktivinoda Thakur and, and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta and basically criticized Vaishnavas. Uh, then they established on the basis of scripture that there are indeed so many sahajas who are not following any spiritual standards and so on, but they also established that there are bona fide Vaishnavas and so on. So in this way, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, Srila Bhakti Thakur established the, uh, first of all, the tradition. They established the tradition. Uh, they established, there was a debate, a debate with Brahmins, because here these Vaishnavas were giving initiations, initi even to Brahmins, even to those born in Brahmin caste. Now, I'm telling you. <laughs> huh? I mean, ho, 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 that's a, a serious deviation. And uh, 
you know, I mean, the Brahminical class must be honored. So Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur was supposed to go for a debate, but Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur was not well with arthritis and he couldn't get off the bed. So he sent Srila Bhaktisiddhanta. And Srila Bhaktisiddhanta, he began quoting from the, uh, from the Manu Samhita. And he began to quote various verses glorifying the Brahmanas. Right? So the Brahmanas were very happy. Right? So many verses they, they didn't even know. You know, they never heard before, and just go like, this is far out, you know, he's on our side, right? And then, after doing that, then he took it a step further, and yasya laksanam proktam pumsam vinabhijanjakam he said, and he established that one is a Brahmin, not just by birth, but by qualification by luxan, by qualification, by qualities. And in this way, uh, suddenly everything changed. And suddenly, and he quoted so much evidence that, uh, yeah, that, that there was nothing anybody could say after that. And the crowd, the crowd just went wild. And uh, the debate was taking place in a hall and the crowd, they wanted the water from the feet of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, who, who said, oh, no, 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 no. You know, no, no, not my feet, no, 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 no. And then the people, they were getting serious. They wanted it. <laughs> they wanted it, and they're ready to take it by force, and they're ready to break the building. So the owner of the, of the hall, he took action to save his hall. <laughs> and, and with his men, they grabbed young Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, put his feet in a bucket of water, and then distributed that to, to the crowd. And then the crowd became very peaceful and very happy. So, in this way, uh, we are appreciating that Srila uh, Bhakti Siddhanta established himself like a very, very great scholar. So, part one is where he is establishing the tradition of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and confronts smarter Brahmanism, which is basically claiming uh, Brahminical status by birth. Okay. <laughs> he does have one. <laughs> Jeho. Vanamali. <laughs> mm. So, um, so Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur became such an authority that uh, no one could challenge him. Uh -huh. And uh, then, after having thoroughly established the essential points of the tradition, um, one of the other missions um, was to establish the birthplace of, Shila, of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Srila uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, since he was a district magistrate and uh, he had access to a lot of archives and so on, so he had dug up so many government uh, documents showing the history of 
maps and this and that, descriptions of where the Ganga had been. And it was really clear that, uh, that that portion in Navadvip, which was now claimed to be the birth site of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was not at all Navadvip 500 years ago. The Ganga had moved considerably, and now Navadvip is, uh, is on Godrumadvip, right? It said, like the actual Navadvip, there was a crossing just near Suvarna Bihar. There was a crossing where one could cross the Ganga and go from go to Navadvip. Yeah. So Navadvip is extending yeah, much closer. And uh, the birth site of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, was identified by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur as, uh, as uh, Mayapur and confirmed by Srila Jagannathas Babaji Maharaj, who at age 125 was carried in a basket and jumped out of the basket like everybody knows. And still it's impressive. Uh, so that was a clear evidence. I mean, at 125 to jump out of a basket, there's got to be something like transcendental ecstasy. You can't, uh, ordinary people can't do that. That's for sure. Uh, they might jump and that might be the end of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, so we're seeing establishing Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Jagannathas Babaji, who was the most important authority at the time, established Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birthplace. Gauravi Bhava Bhumistram Niyadisa Satyana Priya Vaishnav Sarvabhoma. Sri Jagannathayate Namaha. So Bhaktivinoda gave the credit to Jagannath Das Babaji because he was very famous and no one would argue with him. Um, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he constructed a temple there on yoga pit. And, uh, but it was Srila Bhaktisiddhanta who gradually began to um, established the dam on the ground. Srila Bhaktivinoda wrote the Navadvita Mahatmya, where he laid out the entire dam surrounding Mayapur. And then Srila Bhaktisiddhanta started the Parikrama. And that wasn't just Parikrama. That was establishing the, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the topography of the Navadvita Mahatmya as the, as the holy dham to the world. So that was not appreciated by those who claimed that Navadvip was the place because, you know, there was good money coming in. Uh, so it was a monetary matter. Therefore, they were not afraid to spend some money to get some gundas and this and that. But anyway, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta, uh, his disciple, dressed up in sannyas dress and ran and there's a crowd an, ang an angry crowd running after him his disciple was young so it was a fast runner <laughs> <laughs> especially with a crowd behind him so he did well and Srila Bhaktisiddhanta escaped in white cloths anyway but they they established so he established 
gradually this Navadvip Mandal Parikram, which is still going on, and of course ISKCON has now also started Navadvip Mandal Parikram, and now you know anybody who claims that Navadvip is the birthplace, you go like. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, you know, just get on. That's where you get the boat, you know. That's where you get the boat to Mayapur, you know. If there's any doubt, right, and the big temple and this and that, it's like uh, now it's done, you know. The world can understand, right. Only sour grapes can now argue. <laughs> Nobody really. So they did that, right, and and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta worked very hard to establish uh, the the uh, the holy dham properly and to properly understand uh, where all the all the various places were so that's an imp- very important uh, contribution obviously i mean you know now we fully de- depend on Sridhar Mayapur, and Sridhar Mayapur has become for us like a shelter, and uh, it's the shelter of the whole world. Right? And as Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur writes in his Praman Kanda of the Navadvip Mahatmya, in Kali Yuga, all dhams will become less and less manifest, and Mayapur will become more and more manifest. So, so that mission was the mission. Of, of these acharyas. Um, then Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, um, he was also uh, establishing that, um, that the Gaudiya Sampradaya was the meta Sampradaya, the, the Sampradaya that could absorb all the others, because no other Sampradaya is complete. If you look at the at the Sri Sampradaya, then you see, for example, you see uh, Andal, who is one of the Alwars. So first there were the Alwars who appeared before Ramanuja Acharya, and Andal was a great devotee of Krishna. And then there is Vedanta Desika, who is also a devotee of Krishna. But we see that they are taking Krishna as the eighth incarnation of Vishnu. So ultimately, to say Vishnu is the origin. But the thing is, they're totally into Krishna because there's more taste. So they spend all their time with Krishna, even if they have that uh, little misunderstanding is the eighth incarnation of Lord Vishnu. Uh, still, they spend all their time with Krishna because all the taste is there. So... Um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta in Mayapur made a Chaitanya Mat. And in the Chaitanya Mat, he established deities. This was his headquarters. He established deities of Gandharvika Giri Dari. And there's a temple, there's a dome, a seeker, like a like modern Mohan type of dome. And then uh, with the uh, Acharyas, with sitting around that little dome of the, the Acharyas of the four Vaishnav Sampradayas. And uh, Whatever is offered to the deity is then offered to the Vaishnava Acharyas. And the idea is that that temple is there to show that all Vaishnava Sampradayas will be united at the feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because only here do we find complete Ras, you see. We do not find in, in any of the other Sampradayas, we find some Ras, but incomplete, always mixed with awe and reverence. But here, 
which diminishes the intimacy with the Lord. But here we find the full loving exchange. Um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta started to um, reach out to the uh, to the British, right? and uh, and and for that he was ready to make some adjustments. He was even uh, he was uh, was receiving important VIPs, a governor, and and so on in Mayapur, and uh, and they had some caterer bringing some non-vegetarian things to eat so that the uh, uh, British government man could be peaceful. Um, and uh, so he was, in this way, quite broad-minded. Um, um, in Calcutta, Calcutta was started um, uh, by the British, prior to the British, uh, prior to the British, Saptagram was the important place. So that, that was the main port. And, uh, but the British, they wanted Calcutta as the capital, so they arranged that some wealthy investors from Saptagram would buy a lot of land and uh, and and uh, and in this way they established the city of calcutta in the center of calcutta is a big field known as the maidan uh, this maidan now there is the victoria memorial there is a uh, uh, a building dedicated to queen victoria looks a little bit like uh, prophet samadhi it's a dome but our dome is a little bigger, <laughs> but it's a big building. And uh, then, uh, so also next to that is a place known as Fort Williams. So Fort Williams was interesting because Fort Williams was originally uh, founded by scholars from Oxford and with some uh, military support, but they particularly came on a mission to collect Vedic manuscripts. And even today, they have. So even today, um, no. So Fort Williams, right, had the agenda to collect many manuscripts. Now, my disciple Gopinath Acharya is the head librarian of the Hindu faculty in in Oxford, and he tells me that Oxford has many many underground cellars where they keep all kinds of manuscripts and that there are cellars full of manuscripts from uh, Fort Williams that have never been catalogued. They're just put into a room and they're just being kept and they're still waiting for someone to catalog. So in the future, some really interesting things could come up because it's, it's all Godia, it's our tradition. So just wait and see what they come up with. Some interesting books may come to the, to the fore. Um, so, 
um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta organized what was called a theistic exhibition on the Maidan. It was a very big exhibition, and uh, he had many dioramas. So dioramas like uh, statues depicting in particular pastimes. Right? And, um, and in this way, people would come and then around the theistic exhibition, he had a cultural exhibition of every state. So every state of India had some representation there, some clothes from their particular, uh, and some, some crafts from their particular place. So just to attract everyone and to make people identify. So he was not just like preachy, he was ready to take a step to bring people on board and engage with them uh, in a way that they could relate. And that's what Srila Bhakti Siddhanta did. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta is the Acharya who built a bridge from tradition to modernity. Right? He gave the... We are sitting here, you know, on sofas, some of us. Some are still traditional on the carpet, <laughs> but some of us are having sofas. Uh, and that is all possible now because Srila Bhakti Siddhanta emphasized this Yukta Vairagya teachings of, of Rupa Goswami, Nirbandha Krishna Sambandha Yukta Vairagya Uchate. You just take material things and engage them in the service of Krishna. And so he started that, you know, using cars, using, and here we are, you know, having the latest phone and, you know, and so many. So many sexy things, uh, goody goodies, uh, and it's all bona fide if you use it in the service of Krishna. It's a little. Srila uh, Bhakti Siddhanta himself had, of course, lived in the uh, in a very traditional way, and uh, had in his own practices, just stayed in a hut in Mayapur, and he had taken the same vow as Haridas Thakur, to chant a billion names at 300,000 names a day, that takes 10 years to complete. So he took this 10-year vow to chant 300,000 names a day, and he did that. And in the rainy season, he wouldn't even bother when there's a leaking roof to fix it, because he's just chanting. And he just opened opened his umbrella and let the water come in and just kept on chanting. So we can understand, you know, that we're dealing here with especially empowered Nietzsche Siddha and Srila Prabhupada said that my spiritual master is not an ordinary spiritual master. So it is Srila Bhakti Siddhanta who in many who gave us the connection with the tradition, who established that Anybody uh, could be initiated, regardless of caste or creed, who established the, the uh, tradition that we were part of, and finally, who brought it all into a modern shape, so that modern people can practice Krishna consciousness in their own culture and lifestyle. And so, and so it happens. 
Um, time is flying, of course. That's uh, usually what time does. So um, I want to say a few things about Srila Bhakti, uh, about uh, Srila Gorgasurdas Babaji Maharaj. Um, so we should all, uh, before I, I go there, let's just close on Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. We should all make a personal relationship with Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Read about him. Read whatever, if there are some books available, some of his writings, let's have a look at it. Maybe we don't understand everything, but anyway, let's at least get an idea, an idea of his life. Uh, our Bhakti Vikash Maharaj certainly did, uh, made a huge effort, Bhakti Siddhanta Vaibhav, uh, a book worth reading. Um, then, in uh, Srila Prabhupada, as the disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, was a very faithful disciple and was whatever order his Guru Maharaj gave, he was cent percent dedicated to it. Um, Srila Prabhupada went to preach on the order of his spiritual master in the Western world and uh, and of course was greatly successful. Um, once he had established this movement in the Western world, then Prabhupada brought back his devotees to India. He wanted to start a World Sangatan Party, and with that World Sangatan Party came to India, first to Surat, and it was a huge thing. And everyone was just, there are videos of that, and the, the people of Surat were all Vaishnavas, Gujaratis, and when they saw these Western Vaishnavas dancing and so ecstatic, they were just amazed. The mayor declared a public holiday. <laughs> Good mayor. And they decorated all the streets with saris and colorful cloth, you know. It's just, it was an incredible event. And then Prabhupada did big, big programs. He did in, in Mumbai, uh, then known as Bombay, he did a big, big bundle program, enormous. So all the dignitaries of, of Bombay were, were coming to Prabhupada's lectures to see these foreign sadhus and to hear the saint. They could all understand. And so Prabhupada um, spread this, this work and, uh, and then he started to systematically develop projects in India with his Western disciples. Huh? It's like when, when I joined you in Vindavan, there was uh, there were very few Indian devotees, very few. It was all Westerners running everything. So we were all like, uh, you know, some learned Hindi and, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, TK. Ah. 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 Jarur. Ha ha ha. It's very important. In India, you have to know how to argue. If you want to know why cricket is so popular in India, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a boring sport most of the time. It's just not much action. It's not like baseball or something, you know, it's not much action. But the good thing about it is you can argue. They love it. 
I was watching, even the, even the kids were doing it, just, just watching them yesterday, arguing. It's the tradition. Uh, so it became very popular in India. Ah, ah. Anyway, nothing bad to say about India. I, I think India is a very uh, wonderful place. Uh, it is a head and shoulders above the rest of the world, right? in its piety in its devotion. Uh, of course, Kali Yuga, Chodra, hey, uh, what to do? Kali Yuga is going on. Anyhow, but still, we are happy. Um, so, Srila Prabhupada established his movement in India. Mm. It is said that uh, Srila Prabhupada wanted every year that there would be a Gorponim festival, one week in Mayapur and one week in Vrindavan. And that was going on for many, many years, and still going on in a way, but like a, now everybody comes anytime, but then particularly they would come at that time. Uh, they would sometimes charter whole planes, right? Uh, Jamastimi, you were ever on one of those planes from America? Yeah. Yeah? The chartered planes, right? where the whole plane was just devotees. Yeah. They even had Guru Puja and all these things. And <laughs> chant Sari Ra Vijajal over the <laughs> over the sound system on the on the plane. So that was very nice. Anyhow, so uh, one particular uh Srila Prabhupada had given sannyas to many men, but some had fallen down. So Prabhupada was getting a little hesitant about giving sannyas, and he said, no more sannyas. But then Tripurari asked for sannyas, and Rameshwar was pushing it, and Tripurari was, of course, a big, big book distributor. So Prabhupada said, okay, okay, he can take. So he arranged. And then I was here in Vindavan, and, and Bhima describes how they all went from Bombay by train to Vrindavan and, uh, for the festival, uh, or maybe for Mayapur, I think so, not from Bombay, must be Mayapur. Anyway, they were on the train, and uh, there was uh, one older Indian man sitting the entire way on the floor next to the bathroom. Right? And they were just uh, uh, traveling, and nobody knew who he was. And then, when at one point it was time for the initiation of uh, Tripurari, Sanyas initiation, then there were two seats and two dandas. And then, suddenly, there was this old man who had been <laughs> sitting next to the bathroom, and nobody had any idea who he was. And he became Gorgovinda Swami. Swami was from Orissa. And he had in Bhuvaneshwar, some land had been donated and there was nothing on that land. It was dry, there was just a hut, there was hardly any water on it, it was hot, it was austere, there was every bacteria and germ you can imagine. So it was super intense, 
and very, very austere. He stayed there on that land, and he held the land, and and just was a tremendous sadhu in his purva janma, as they say in his life before sannyas. He had been a, a school teacher, so he was inclined towards learning. And he was learned, and he would study in the night, and uh, his lectures were uh, were very erudite. Gorgovinda Maharaj had notebooks also. He had a huge stack of notebooks uh, full of study notes, right? And he used to bring these notebooks. When Gorgovinda Maharaj was giving a lecture, uh, I remember them very well. The Mangala Charan, you know, like usually we chant Om Maybe, you know, one minute, two minutes, some three, you know, four, but like, that's it. With Gorgovinda Maharaj, that was 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so many mantras. It goes through the whole Mangala Charan and so many mantras. And then, you know, supposed like, okay, the class is supposed to be over. Then he would only start. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just quite amazing. And he spoke with so much authority, right? all based on scripture. And his whole thing was tattva, right? establishing tattva establishing Siddhanta, establishing the truth. And uh, so, you know, he got many followers uh, because there's so much emphasis on tattva. There was uh, in his following also maybe a little, uh, some were very, very strong about uh, their opinions and it created a little clash sometimes with uh, in ISKCON. But, uh, and Gorgovinda Marge, felt uh, misunderstood. He had said things that, that a guru has to be an Uttama Adhikari, has to be a pure devotee, you know. He meant to be, and that was like, okay, you know, don't say these things. <laughs> uh, uh, but he had so much substance. Uh, at the time, in 1985, if I remember it, or was it 83? Maybe 83. The GBC made a few more gurus. Up to that point, they had had only the 11, right? But then they made a few more. And one was Kopal Krishna Maharaj, another one was Bhakti Srup Dhamadhar Maharaj, and the next one was Gorgovinda Maharaj. So again, the whole movement was. Who's he? Gorgovinda Swami, we never heard of him. Um, now, of course, Gorgovinda Maharaj has become much more famous. Um, his disciples have done very well in, in uh, taking his lectures, making them into books, and making that widely available to the world. Um, Gorgovinda Maharaj, uh, indeed, is a tattva acharya. You know, we have some tattva acharyas in our tradition who really established tattva, and Gorgovinda Maharaj is such a tattva acharya um, who was deeply relishing uh, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, a great devotee of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, 
and Lord Nichananda. All right, so to I remember that particular day. It was the celebration of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. And later in the afternoon, Srila Gorgasurdas, uh, I keep on saying, uh, Srila Gorgovinda Swami was in his room. He stayed in the Conch building in room 68, and which was on the second floor, uh, Indian second floor, British second floor. Anyway, he was there and uh, he was speaking to two devotees who were asking him questions about uh, the forms of Jagannath, Baladeva, and Subra. And he was telling that story how these forms manifested due to separation. And that when they were in Kurukshetra, that they were remembering Vrindavan, and that then all the limbs start to enter into the body, just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When he was in ecstasy, his limbs also entered into the body. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is known as Kurma Chaitanya, the tortoise Chaitanya. Mm. Yeah. So in the same way, Jagannath, Baladev, and Subhadra also. So Maharaj was speaking about this and explaining the ecstasy they all felt. And as he explained it, in the middle of speaking, his voice choked and he could not speak any further. And he basically uh, left his body right there in the middle of that discussion. Um, I was just standing on the on the ground, you know, in the courtyard in front of the temple, below his room, right, just right below the room. So somebody called. Something happened to Gorgovinda Maharaj. So I flew up the stairs. You know, in those days I could fly. <laughs> <laughs> so I flew up the stairs, and I was there within seconds. You know, and uh, I saw Maharaj's mouth was hanging open. Then I knew, you know, then I knew it's like uh, gone. Then we discussed, put a cloth, you know, I mean, put a cloth and tie up uh, Prabhupada also, yes. So, and, um, you know, gradually more and more devotees came. We had Kirtan and, uh, you know, Work within the march. Oh, it's taken on a palanquin for darshan, the final darshan of the deities. And uh, then, uh, because Bhuvaneshwar was his project, his disciples wanted Maharaj, his body, his samadhi, to be in Bhuvaneshwar. So they brought the body to Bhuvaneshwar and made the samadhi there. Um, um, an extraordinary devotee, and we can greatly recommend to to read uh, all the uh, yeah teachings that came from Gorgovinda Maharaj. So Gorgovinda Maharaj, Maharaj Ki Jai, Shila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Avyabhav Mahamahotsava Ki Jai, Hare Krishna. 
Okay, I'm going to take questions now, and I take one from online, which is Dialu from Slovenia, Ljubljana. And yes. Okay, thank you. Well, Maharaj, I had this question also last week. Um, maybe we can connect it also to, to, to Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Maharaj. What would you say, how can one um, de develop um, affections, affection? The uh, question was from last week was towards Prabhupada. How can one develop affections towards Prabhupada? Um, and how can one develop also towards uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati? You mentioned we should read, and, but can you also say something more? Please. Yeah, affection is is a result. You know, um, first of all, we need some purification because in the introduction of the nectar of devotion, Srila Prabhupada explains about love and that the loving propensity is within everyone. But he's pointing out that that love is mostly misdirected, right, at the wrong object. So when the love becomes purified, it becomes directed towards Krishna and his devotees. So as our loving propensity becomes purified, we start to appreciate what an amazing personality Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur is. It's just uh, incredible. Um, he is so sharp, so totally brilliant. Right? I have on my website, KK Swami, Dot com, I have 60, there are 64 statements of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, which are like crystal clear and very much like to the point. Um, you know, Nita, I can, you have your phone? No. Okay, then you can find them. Then we'll read a few. So, uh, after we are purified and our affection is directed towards Krishna and his devotees, then naturally we start to appreciate what an amazing sacrifice these acharyas have made for us. And naturally our loving propensity is, uh, yeah, get your hand out of the way, then I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. I just don't want any accidents. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instructions in Siksaktakam, Param Vidayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam, is the only motto of the Gaudiyamat. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, is the only enjoyer. Everyone and everything else is the object of his enjoyment. Anyone who does not serve Hari, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is ignorant and a killer of himself. To learn to tolerate is one of the most important responsibilities of those living in the math. <laughs> yeah. Can translate those living in the temple. <laughs> Rupanuga devotees offer all glories to the original source instead of depending on their own strength. Those who perform assorted religious activities cannot serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Become united with one purpose and serve Hari. Where there's discussion about Hari, that is a place of pilgrimage. 
We are not pious, sinful or learned or ignorant. We are the carriers of the dust of the feet of the Supreme Lord, Sri Hari, and we are initiated by the mantra, Kirtaniya Sada Hari. My advice is, do not criticize others. Try to rectify yourself. Our supreme duty is to serve the residents of Raja who are uh, afflicted by Krishna's departure to Mathura. Uh -huh. A pure devotee knows that everyone is the spiritual master. Therefore, a pure devotee can be Jagat Guru. Now, this was, uh, uh, okay, 12, you know, so there are 64 here. And as you can see, they're very, very clear, right? very clear goals. If we live by these goals, then uh, we're doing pretty good. Therefore, uh, we can gradually appreciate how much mercy comes from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. I'll put it here. Yeah. Okay, Brihat. Merdanga. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. So Maharaj, you were, um, you were talking about uh, the Dham, um, Maharaj. And I wanted to ask that when one resides in the Dham, how can we avoid um, taking it for granted and always just being in the correct mood to get maximum benefit? We can't. We will take it for granted because we're conditioned souls. Only when we are liberated souls can we finally stop taking it for granted. So again and again, we will take it for granted. We tend to do that. And, uh, but as we are getting more and more purified by the process of devotional service, we start to appreciate the mercy of the Dhamma more and more. In this way, we gradually get there, but still a long, long way to go. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Thank you. I'm going to take a question from the floor. Yeah, Rukmini. Uh, Marsh, I was wondering if uh, Gorgovinda Marj was ill, or it was just a sudden departure. Well, it was sudden, but it was a heart issue. It was a heart issue. He was 68 years old at the time. And uh, so it was the heart that conked out. Heart attack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can speculate, you know, I don't want to do that. But obviously he was old, so when you're old, your chance of getting a heart attack is a little bigger. And uh, he was not underweight also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Hare Krishna. Um, I was once told um, that when the guru leaves the world, um, there can be a bit of chaos in the aftermath. Um, and I was just wondering, is this a generalization and uh, why would there be chaos? It is a generalization, but there will be chaos because uh, uh, suddenly that person we could turn to is not there now. And we kind of, people get overwhelmed with grief. Different people have their own ideas of of what the Guru wanted and said. And uh, so some of these differences will come out. And... Uh, but at least we're fortunate, you know, that there are so many recordings these days, right? So um, he lives forever, right, in his vani, in his words, right? So these words are widely available these days. So, and yeah, um, you know, there's a book called Diary of the 70s by Satsarup Maharaj. And it's nice because it starts in 1971 or something like that. And then it goes 77, and then it goes post-77. And then it describes what happened and how they uh, they dealt with it. And after a while, they realized, well, you know, okay, Prabhupada's not here now physically, but we are still devotees, and we still, there's still devotional service. We still chant Hare Krishna. So they kind of, after grieving for some time, they resumed taking shelter of their service. And there, things came back to some level of normality. And then it took a lot of maturing, right? When the spiritual master leaves, one has to mature. Because at that point, the responsibility is on you to be Krishna conscious. He's not going to drag you along somehow or other, right? When he's present, he can do something. You know, he sees, oh, well, this one needs a, needs a push. Of course, he can still appear in a dream and so on, but um, that's not a daily, uh, daily affair. So a lot of the responsibility goes back to us. So it takes us into the next level of maturity, where we ourselves say, now I am going to be what he wanted us to be. <clears throat> no. We are, I'm trying to leave some some book or something, you know, that people can read. Uh, we are some where these kind of things are discussed. It's uh sitting with the publication department. Okay, now, yeah, who is next? <laughs> Tulasi Toshani has had her hand up for weeks. I hope your arm is um, arm is okay. <laughs> you hope my my arm is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's muscle, muscle. <laughs> uh, so my question is, um, uh, with uh, Srila Prabhupada did um, a little what what Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur did with um, what regards Shudras can becoming Brahmanas. 
uh, or any caste can become Brahmana with qualification. Did Sri Prabhupada did kind of the same thing with the women? Like, did he kind of <clears throat> bring this um, kind of new? No. Oh. It wasn't new. Because women could go as brahmacharinis and well, and he did new things. Brahmans on the on the altar. Yeah, he did some new things, and, but, but, yeah. but, but, his okay. his uh, you know, uh, his sister was also initiated by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta was also ready to initiate ladies. So it wasn't just Prabhupada who started that. He followed his spiritual master, and then of course, you know, when he went around the world, then uh, yeah, you know, because there is so much free mixing outside of India, right? It's it's uh, more difficult to uh, separate people. So if you preach in the West, you're going to preach to both men and women. That's the nature it is. And, and yes, Srila Prabhupada could see in India, the ladies could stay at home because their parents had at least some Vedic culture. Yeah? And then, you know, they could stay at home, but in the West, you know, there's absolutely uh, nothing, right? So therefore, there had to be an ashram for the ladies and for the unmarried ones. And then Prabhupada married them all to uh, devotees. And he arranged marriages, right? Just like Burijan's marriage is famous because Burijan was in Hong Kong and at one point complaining to Prabhupada that he was preaching all alone. And Prabhupada said, okay, I'll send you a wife. <laughs> and about some 10 days later, she arrived and said, pleased to meet you, I'm your wife. Wow. And they're still together. They're still together. Yeah. 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 And in, in that regard, if I may, please add some more question. <laughs> well, it's like a, just a continuation on, on the same question, basically. Um, and, you know, Prabhupada said many things about women. Like one of these things is like, uh, they're less intelligent than men, something like that. And then in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, among women, uh, uh, and the intelligence of the women. So what would be that intelligence of the women? If you, I don't know, I uh, intelligence amongst the women. What is this? <laughs> Sorry. Somebody planted some medicine on my table. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, well, intelligence obviously means to be Krishna conscious. Right? And and when, when we are choosing to be Krishna conscious, um, the Vedic definition of intelligence is not the the square block in the round hole and these kind of things, you know, where we do those kind of tests. The Vedic definition of intelligence is that we can act according to the proper absolute truth. So we have read the truth and now one can act according to that. Not like that we say, oh, it's so difficult. I am trying, <laughs> which means I'm not doing it, but. <laughs> um, 
so in the intelligent ladies are the one who are actually embracing the absolute truth that's intelligence in ladies and live by it that is the the definition the krishna conscious definition of intelligence <laughs> thank you i guess you have like a extra power like because the the men are kind of attracted by women so as women if we control ourselves and direct properly then yeah, but but butter, butter fire and all that stuff. It, you know. Uh, anyway, butter fire dynamics may be there. You know, the female body is a reflection of Radharani's body. Male is a reflection of Krishna's body. The power of Radharani is greater in attracting Krishna than Krishna can attract Radharani. Therefore, women are more powerful in attracting men than men are in attracting women. Therefore, men, women, they just have to smile. Men, men, they have to talk for it. <laughs> anyway, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Maharaj I have heard in a katha that uh, uh, that, that once, once at a time, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was in Vrindavan with his disciple, and they were discussing this man near Radha Kund. I don't remember the complete uh, uh, conversation. So he's, so Maharaj, so he said that we worship Krishna because of Radharani, because Ra, for the pleasure of Radharani, is it? Uh, yes, Maharaji. <sighs> to his, he said to his disciple. Um, Sometimes Srila Bhakti Siddhanta would speak about such intimate matters, but very rarely. Right? He went also to Radhakund and gave lectures on the Upanishads. Right? <laughs> day after day, he just gave lectures on the Upanishads, and everyone was waiting for, you know, Radharani Kijai, Maharani Kijai. And there was absolutely nothing. There was just Upanishads. Yes. So, but one day, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta did speak about Rasa and said, This is not the this is not owned by the sahajas. This is actually our property. So although we are not qualified, uh, we can just discuss it, just to understand the tattva. But we are not ready to uh, absorb ourselves in the rasa. Yeah, rasa rani, radha rani, all that. It's like you know, if we make that our meditation, then we will soon encounter our lack of absorption. And uh, we don't have this depth of love that they have. Then we will not be able to maintain our meditation. Therefore, one should not rush ahead. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta was, in that regards, uh, encouraging his disciples to uh, follow Lord Nichananda. He said, Nitai pada bine bai radha krishna paitanai. He said, without the mercy of Lord Nichananda, you cannot attain Radha and Krishna. He said, for those who are in Madhurya Ras, that means already realized their Siddha Deha, their identity, 
for them, Radharani is the guru. And for everyone else, Nityananda. So I guess that makes it clear where we belong. Jaya Nityananda Ram, Nityananda Ram, Nityananda Ram, Jaya Nityananda Ram. Okay. Anybody here? Yadunat. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Maharaj. He appears to be, oh, he is totally a traditionalist as well as a great revolutionary. How did he manage to sort of traverse that spectrum? Or is that a necessary? condition for a somebody in tradition yeah the uh, the nature of this krishna consciousness movement is that on the one hand the teachings of sri chaitanya mahaprabhu cannot be changed it cannot be altered so whatever comes through the uh, parampara must be unchanged and must be faithfully presented but at the same time, it may be presented according to Kaladesa Patra, time, place, and circumstance. So, uh, therefore, not that we are uh, changing the principles, but sometimes the form of things is adjusted, some customs are adjusted. It's not just like Srila Bhakti Siddhanta fed the British right, visitors, non-vegetarian item, but he himself had nothing to do with it. He just arranged for some outside catering to provide for them so that they would feel comfortable. Um, but, so that was totally revolutionary. Yeah. So he was revolutionary in that way, but very strict about the tradition himself, and very transcendental. So this is needed. This mood is needed. And Prabhupada also. Well, Prabhupada is, is, came to the West. Prabhupada said, we don't come to take anything from the West. We come to give. So Prabhupada came to give. So he didn't change anything because he was getting something from the West. No, he came to give. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to uh, to end because uh, physical conditions are uh, asking some attention. So, what can I do? I can. Uh, I have to end here, and it happens to be sixteen twenty-seven. So that's three minutes before the end. Uh, those those who had their hands up, uh, well. If you keep it up for one week, then uh, <laughs> then I'll take it again next week. What can I do? Uh, just think of Krishna lifting over down hill. He had, <laughs> he held it up for one week. Okay? So so it's it's in our tradition to keep the arm up for one week. I can do it with the left hand. You know. <laughs> Okay.
I thank you very, very much. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai Srila Govinda Swami Maharaja Ki Jai Anantakoti Vaishnava Vinda Ki Jai